This is the Dan and Christy podcast. Dan and Christy. The McNugget Buddies are back at Macca's in the limited edition Kerwin Frostbox. Christy Hayes, who's live from Melbourne from the Eras Tour. The MCG, 96,000 people there. Taylor Swift with an absolute balmy three and a half hours and three nights in a row. Christy, how are you feeling after last night? It was one of the greatest nights of my life. I mean, the G is huge, mm-hmm. um, so I'm surprised we could find it. But it was <laughs> <laughs> it was, um, it was was packed out with people, understandably. I mean, we've seen it now for the last... What, seven months since we all got tickets to Taylor Swift, or at least tried to get tickets to Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. So many thousands of people, but it honestly was just like hanging out with your best friend. The mm. look on Taylor Swift's face when she was up on stage and she got a standing ovation for about six to seven minutes, which is a very long time for a lot of noise. Mm. You saw the camera just panning on her face and she just had this moment of, what happened? How did I do this? Is this mm. real? Like It just shows you how famous she is. It didn't make her forget where she came from, this small-town girl who wanted to go and want to do big things. And mm. I know it sounds a bit cliche. Not everyone wants to go off and be a famous singer, but it was just that amazing reminder mm. that you seriously can do anything. You can get out of that small town if you want to go and, I don't know, become a star in whatever right you want to. But mm. it was just this inspiring, incredible moment. And she was so generous with her audience. The mm. songs were just phenomenal. I mean, yeah. You went from, like, different era to era, and you could kind of tell what era we're about to jump into. The Reputation uh, era, you know, we saw a huge big snake up on the screen. Um, and in the, your husband's it, pants. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, you need to calm down, you said. Uh, that's the lover era. Uh, but she did say this, uh, with 96,000 people there, and every single person decked out in Taylor Swift paraphernalia too. She said uh, she was going to give Melbourne everything. Here we are, this is our last night, playing in Melbourne. So... I don't know, I don't know what you think that means, if you think we're tired by now or something like that, but actually, the last night of number means we are going to give you absolutely everything that we have and more. Yes! Oh my god! And she did, and you know what? And we I I can't put into words how lucky I feel. I know so many people wanted to be there. And as you mm. walked into the MCG, there were thousands of people that had set up a picnic outside the grounds because obviously they couldn't get in. People mm. had signs saying, please, can someone give us a ticket, two tickets, whatever you can give. Mm. But I kid you not when I say that every single person in that building was in the best mood. The police were singing. The security <laughs> guards were just legends because no one was unhappy. You know how mm. sometimes you can go to a concert or an yeah. event and security can kind of be kind of bullish and whatnot? There was nothing like that. Everyone was seriously just experiencing live mm. what was one of the greatest memories you could make, which was seeing Taylor Swift. And I will never forget it. I sat mm. there with my husband and my son, or actually the majority of the night was up, took my shoes off at one point because I was like, my God's name, do I wear these boots? But <laughs> the music was phenomenal. The sound was amazing. It well, was just the best. Well, this is you talking to your son, Harley, too. And that's the only thing I could hear in this was the clicking of your boots <laughs> um, from the heels. But he was pretty excited, too, because there's a bit of a hum in the air and electricity as you're walking into the ground. But are you excited about seeing it? Of course I am. I can't believe we're about to see Taylor. Look at all these people parked out in front. So how come they're here? Are they just waiting? Are they just sitting here to hear Taylor? Yeah, just to hear Taylor sing. Guess how many people were at Messi's ground final and Cristiano Ronaldo's ground final? How many? One million people. Jeez. So now that I'm taking a Taylor Swift, does this mean I'm a good mum finally? No, you have to give me my iPad back and then you're a good mum. <laughs> so he still wants the iPad back. And then you can watch uh, Taylor's Eras tour on Netflix. <laughs>
Christie. What age should kids have smart devices? Because there's a growing concern among parents on uh, online safety and the impact of social media and children's mental health because um, it's aimed at delaying smartphone ownership for young kids because they are concerned um, because, you know, kids are getting smartphones, uh, which seems to be the norm at about like eight to nine. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of people, 91% of kids own a smartphone by the age of 11, which is uh, pretty concerning, Christy. They don't need it. Mm. They just don't need it. Like, I understand that we live in a world where kids feel that they need it because their classmate has Roblox on their iPad, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, we're two weeks in now of Harley not having his iPad. We took it off him for bad behaviour because, God, he's been outrageous, my eight-year-old. Mm. He hates the interruption of when he's playing Roblox because he wants to sit there and play with his friends. Mm-hmm. Um, he and his little best friend, they had a fight because uh, his best friend apparently scammed him for a creature or something on Roblox. I mean, I don't know. Two sides to every story, but the bottom line is they're children, you know, they're very little to be doing this. They don't understand. And also, smartphones, I mean, how, like, who's paying for all of this? A smartphone, mm. the actual phone, then the bill, and then the data top up, like, the inconvenience of a kid having to charge their phone all the time. Like, they have the rest of their life to be adults. And I know it's mm. easier said than done, don't get me wrong, and we're certainly very guilty of this as well, but we're trying to make mm. a concerted effort at least to to take the iPad away. I mean, now I'm the world's worst mother, my kid says, but it's like, I don't care if you like me. It's not my job to be best friends with you. It's my job to be your mother. That's it. And, but it's also, on that note, come up with a different line. Like, yeah. how can I be the world's worst mother <laughs> if every other mother is the worst mother in the world? You know, it drives me mm. crazy. But, um, look, we're back to the old-fashioned thing of just picking up crayons and you can watch... That's the way to you do it. You can watch, you know, ABC. It's or, fine. Or if they're going to use their phone, they use it for FaceTiming their grandparents or taking yeah, exactly. pictures or watching videos or, you know, games that are educational and not that yeah. social kind of aspect with Roblox and stuff. But um, this is the question that we're uh, asking you. If your kid does have a phone, um, is it in line with their developmental stage? Is it too early? Uh, are you responsible to, to have their own phone too? So uh, could should kids have smart devices? Sam from Margate, what are your thoughts? Well, I don't necessarily think there's any tips as far. But I've got a six-year-old and we have no technology at home. We don't even have home internet. Mm. We do have a TV and I have a mobile phone, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, What have you. But I think there needs to be a maturity level where the child can learn boundaries from them. There's, as you guys were saying, so much out there and you just don't know what they're accessing. You're opening them up to bullying. But it's also the other side of it in terms of, like, pedophiles using internet mm-hmm. and things like that and chat rooms to be able to get to our children these days. Yeah, yeah and, exactly. and it's a vulnerable world they're in because, like, the content my daughter saw was, like, self-harming stuff, which is really dangerous, and she's just afraid of the real world. And I said, look, that they make those clickbait items and they make up stories to get people to click on them, and she just doesn't understand the difference between the mm. two. No, and little minds can't. Mm. Um, they can't understand the difference between reality and what's fake and things like that. I mean, my little two-year-old at times thinks that he's a Power Ranger. Um, <laughs> I thought that at that know, age, though. It's me too. Time. I was yeah. the pink Power Ranger, Sam. <laughs> I know. I know. So it's that whole they don't have the capabilities and their brains are just not at the, the ability to differentiate. So, like I said, we don't have anything. He does have access to um, ABC iView every um, so often on my mobile phone if we're at a doctor's appointment that's taking forever or... Things like that. He's not completely banned from all technology. He uses my phone to ring his grandparents and my siblings and speak to his aunts and uncles. Um, but other than that, it's very limited. Um, 
until I feel that he's at an age where he can understand better and he can take some responsibility um, in terms of knowing what is right and wrong, but also being able to shut down and step away from it as well. So well said. And you're doing great, Mama, because it is easier sometimes just to throw things at the kids to keep them entertained. I really love that you're, you know, that you don't do that. It's really good and a great message for other parents out there. Kids can just watch ABC Kids. My son Harley has done that all weekend now in Melbourne at Taylor Swift. He didn't bring the iPad. He did what we all did as kids and he watched cartoons and it's great. Yes. Yeah. I'm still the Red Ranger from Power Rangers. So. <laughs> this is a bit of a surprise out there because uh, a lady, a hilarious moment on BBC. So um, British Broadcasting Company, is that what they're called in the UK? Um, so she kind of ruined the surprise for her niece because uh, her niece was having a surprise party, uh, which does happen every now and again. And I've done this before. I've put my foot in it. Um, it's a hilarious moment. So the BBC presenter accidentally just walked out. Uh, she was the weather woman. So Cause uh, Kwame is her name. She was left embarrassed. She started chatting about the party before she realised she unintentionally spoiled the secret. Here's the moment. So, yes. what have you got up at the weekend? Anything exciting? Oh, my niece's surprise birthday party. Oh, that's so, lovely. Yeah, so that'll be nice But not a fun. surprise if she's watching this. Oh, goodness me, I've spoiled the Bye-bye. Whoops. Just a casual couch chat and uh, ruins it. Um, that's the thing, though, right? Like... Mm-hmm. When you are, kid you not, and I know people would think, how could you do that? But when you are, say you're on air right now, the two of, like you and I are, mm. you're just talking to a friend. You honestly forget people are listening mm-hmm. or maybe she forgot people were watching. Like you just get in the mm. moment because you've slipped up before on air and given away a surprise, haven't you? That's right. A surprise for you. I've done it a few times. <laughs> um, I did accidentally because it was my friend Juanita's birthday. And so uh, when we were doing birthday celebrations, as we used to do on the show, I said, hey, it's Juanita's birthday and they're having a kid. <laughs> Just Are you randomly serious? just said, yeah, and they're having a kid soon. They had not announced it on Facebook <laughs> or to, like, they'd announced it to their friends, but I'm like, I just said it on air. I and can't I didn't realise later. She, she just sent me a message. She goes, um, you didn't just announce my pregnancy, did you? I'm like, oh my God, yes, I did. I've ruined the surprise. Um, so not so much of a surprise, uh, when all her friends said, oh, I heard her on the radio, uh, <laughs> already, um, uh, when she actually announced it maybe two or three weeks later. Oh, uh, so, you- and, and it's not up to, me to be announcing that kind of stuff. It's up to the parents, right? Yes, when, uh, of course. You but you know what? At mm. least she was pregnant. Mm. I have seen people say to a woman before, oh, you look great. When are you due? And she's like, yeah, oh. I'm not pregnant. I've seen that before. <laughs> Isn't there like happen. a universal rule? You just don't ask someone if they're pregnant mm-hmm. unless the baby's coming out. Oh, and then right. maybe that'd be a bit weird if you were there. But <laughs> Are you it's... pregnant? And it's just someone's head uh, protruding from that area, the bathing suit area. Um, I've been asked that a few times, but I'm just having a food baby. So, uh, But you can see the funny side of it. So um, it, it's not a surprise if she's watching that, the young daughter that um, has knows about her surprise birthday party. Have you ruined any surprises before? Oh, I would say so. Mm. I mean, we are... We were planning on a surprise birthday party for Mum and Deb, mm-hmm. but the problem is I can't keep secrets. Like, I am confidential oh. if my friends tell me something, but when it comes to planning events or whatever, I always slip up. And you know me, like, I'm such an open book, so I ruined the prospective 60th birthday for my mum because <laughs> I told well, I told her to keep the date free because I had to make sure she could... How else do you get mm. somebody to attend a surprise party, you know? That's a good know? point, yeah. You and- know, I was like, well, I have to do something here. Like, hey, mum, mm. can you just keep this free? And she's like, well, clearly you're throwing me a surprise. Surprise birthday party, aren't you? And the fact she was pregnant at the time, too. (laughs) Kids, Dan and Christy.
I'll get ready for this. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, if you don't know The Rock, uh, you've been sitting under one uh, for the last many <laughs> years because um, he used to be a WWE superstar, now the biggest star on the planet when it comes to movies, but he's turned evil, Christy Hayes. And he has so not, much backlash. No way. He yeah. is so sweet. He's Maui demigod. He sings You're Welcome. How could The Rock be evil? Oh, that's it. And you see there's a live um, Maui uh, and Moana movie coming to our screens very soon, which is very exciting. But um, he's made a sporadic turn in the WWE universe. So uh, professional wrestling giants uh, are going to have a WrestleMania on April 7th in Philadelphia. And the, the Rock just turned up out of nowhere and he just challenged his cousin for the undisputed WWE Universal um, Championship belt, Roman Reigns. So it's going to be Roman Reigns versus The Rock. But everyone turned on The Rock, which is crazy. Hang on a they second. They him out of the building. That's ridiculous. I think mm. you were talking about this before, mm. like maybe a week or two ago and um, before it had happened, and the cousin was not overly excited that The Rock was kind of going to overshadow him. But then, having said that, isn't it good that The Rock still, you know, doesn't forget where he comes from and actually participates and still wants well, to help the sport keep going? That's, that's what good. You but the fans yeah. lashed out because um, people wanted to see the crowd favourite Cody Rhodes finish the story. So the son of uh, the late, great Dusty Rhodes, uh, and after 15 years, he's never got a championship shot. And then just all of a sudden, The Rock was going to take his spot at WrestleMania. But uh, he'd won the Royal Rumble. So, I mean, there's such a big storyline to go with this. But then The Rock changed his mind. He just went, you know what? I'm on the side of Roman Reigns now. So it's The Rock and Roman Reigns versus the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes. So he was booed out of the building. The Rock, the uh, former really? WWE champ. Yeah. So he was at SmackDown and he turns up to Salt Lake City in Utah. And well, you know what he mistake. does? Uh, he just turns up in a shiny vest, pair of sunglasses, and makes his way to the ring and just bags the absolute hell out of them. So listen to this. You broke the all-time record for the largest gathering of trailer park trash The Rock has ever seen. <laughs> Finally, you and your 50 wives will have a story to tell. And you know what I'm talking about. You'll have a story to tell your 600 inbred grandchildren one day. Serious? Yeah, he's the most electrifying man in sports entertainment. And that's what they call in wrestling is turning heel. So uh, you've got the good guys, which are called faces, and you've got the bad guys that are called heels. And he threatened to slap people in the crowd and slap the herpes out of the mouth. That's his words. That's <laughs> not my quote. Uh, but that's that's what he said. He had, like, he had this fiery promo in front of people. And he's like, well, you guys are a bunch of losers. And, um, yeah, he's he's just that's- turned evil. Yeah. That seriously could not be real. That's no, like something from a movie. That's like something from a spoof film. <laughs> a spoof film? <laughs> well, hang on a darn second. What movie have you been watching? It's the one and only. Kids, Dan and Christy. Hyundai Monday. Yeah, you ain't got none unless you've got puns, on. It's a fun day to be doing it because it's a Monday. You've just been to the Taylor Swift concert, the Eras Tour at the MCG. 96,000 people strong, three and a half hours of power from Fearless to Midnight's. It's all about Taylor. So we're going to do Taylor Swift and movies today. Mine are so crap. Like, I'm not going to lie, everybody. I'm so sorry. This is They're the point so of them. 
pit because I just I can't think of anything today. I think because mm. I'm still swept up in the adrenaline of Taylor Swift. It was like, honestly, it was like you, you feel like you got up there and did the show yourself, mm-hmm. which, you know, no one but Taylor Swift could do. But um, it was such, you know, the energy was crazy. Mm-hmm. It was the greatest concert on the planet. I can't even do justice for how amazing it was. Uh, but I want to keep celebrating Taylor. And so we thought, you know what, let's combine Taylor Swift and movies today, yeah, for a pun day, Monday. So are you ready for the first one? Here we go. Vin Diesel and Tay-Tay starred in Fearless and the Furious, Tokyo Swift. Because <laughs> she good. had the album Fearless. I was like, it kind of sounds like... That was really good. Fast that was a mouthful, Furious. wasn't it? Yeah, it was a bit. Got it um, out pretty that's well, what though. Vin Diesel said at the time. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was a, what a great film that was. Um, you know, they were in cars going pretty fast. And, um, hey, whatever you're into. Yeah, whatever you're into. Hey, what have you got for us? All right, this is not good, but let's just do it. Please, mm. can I have the drum roll? Arnold Schwarzenegger start in Terminator 2, Judgment Day. <coughs> I mean, let's be honest, producer Maddie gave me that one. Yes, I'm in the love era. (laughs) I'm Candy Pink. You need to calm down. You need to get to the chopper and do it now, you idiot. You plastic girly man. Look at my lips. They're beautiful. (laughs) Um, That was a mouthful as well. There's a lot there. Uh, What about this one? (laughs) Kurt Russell and Taylor Swift star in the action thriller. I knew you were big trouble in Little China. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. I love the mm. film Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, it's a good one. So, uh, nice Well, work. she had the song Trouble, so I just went with that one. <laughs> wasn't that was good. Really good. But, you know, oh, that's the point. Oh, man, when she mm. performed Trouble, God, yeah. the crowd went crazy last night. Mm. Everyone was, because you'd take, time, like, take turns standing or sitting, because it was a long concert, you know, but when Trouble was on, mm. holy hell, didn't we, didn't we, especially we mums. Yeah. Oh, Jesus, it was so good. Oh, I got one last one. <laughs> Jesus <I'm> probably... was there. <laughs> What's he doing there? Did you take your shoes off? <laughs> your sandals? Yeah, you made all me all right. wine. That's why my head hurts today. All right. Drum roll, whatever. Um, yep. <laughs> Jamie Foxx starred in the film about Ray Charles. Daddy. <laughs> Have you uh, seen Ray? Yeah. I mean, I no, felt no. it just made sense. You did two Ray, Tay puns Tay. in a row. That's like double denim. <laughs> I have one more. All right. All right, go. And I don't know if I should even be doing this, but uh, John Travolta and Nicolas Cage star in Face It Off. <laughs> like Shake It Off? His identity is Caster Troy, Troy, Troy. Dad and Christy. Dan, you know what? A little birdie told me that you're also a huge superstar now because you got recognised on the weekend out and about and someone That's... said... Are you Dan? Are you Dan Taylor? Are you Dan from Dan and Christie? Isn't that amazing? That has never happened in my life, so <laughs> I don't know how to deal with it uh, sometimes. <laughs> Just take a deep breath and mentally accept it. I'm like, what do you mean? Uh, I never get recognised, whereas you, Christy Hayes, who played Kirsty Sutherland on Home and Away for a very long time, get recognised all the bloody time. So what usually happens in that situation? <laughs> well, I, uh, people, I don't know, people might say, oh, my gosh, you know, I watched you on TV for so long. Oh, hi, Christy. They say nice things. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they're like, so how much money do you earn? Are you really up yourself? Like sometimes, oh, people don't know where what? they know you from. They're like, oh, do we go to school together? Whatever it might be. So, you know, you just kind of go with it. Hmm. Um, shout out to Shani, who I met in Dottie the other day, actually. Amazing woman. I walked in trying hmm. to get a last-minute Taylor Swift outfit. And she said some nice things, and she listens oh. to us on air. But going back to you, my friend, um, mm. so how did you handle it? It's kind of it's a bizarre. Exp- it's kind of weird because you 
it might take you off guard. Sometimes, you know, I've been yelling at the kids before and, like, had people say, hey, Christy, so how did you go? What did they say? Uh, they just said, I know your face. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh, I listen to you every day. I'm like, oh, thank you very Aww. much. And this happened probably about five times. So I'm at a museum with the kids, and the kids started thinking that I was famous too, which is the, the opposite of what I think of myself. I think of a <laughs> Z-grade celebrity. Yeah, um, me too. And then you kind of acknowledge it, and you're like, oh, cool. I, I have nothing to say afterwards. So I'm like, Yep, that's uh, what I do for a living. Yeah, yeah, it's bizarre, isn't it? Do you ever sometimes just think to yourself, like, we, because you and I, when we do our show, we're just talking to each mm. other, but there's yeah. so many people listening, and you think, wow, like, the things that we say on air, it's you, you really are kind of exposing yourself in a way. You're quite naked. <laughs> I, Here we go. Well, Make I'm nude joke. from the, you know, the desk down. But, um, yeah, I kind of just apologise to them. I'm like, I'm so sorry from 6 till 9am weekdays. <laughs> Barista made ice cold. Drive through for your iced coffee favourites at McCafe. That was the Dan and Christie podcast. Dan and Christie.